Hey y'all, thanks for joining me today. Um, we are starting another episode of Coffee and Chaturangas, so cheers. If you're not really sure what this is about, you can go back to episode one. It gives a little synopsis of what I plan to talk about and why I plan to talk about it. Um, one of the things I want to talk about today really really hard for me to talk about yet at the same time it feels like a weight is lifted off my shoulders and that is self-care self-love um, truly accepting and loving the body you were given and that in itself might even make you just go eh, nope I'm done with this because that's that's what it did to me for a really long time um, I have I'll give you a little bit of a background if you haven't watched the first episode is that um, I most of my life I was overweight and I didn't really understand why um, I feel like from the first grade on it, literally there was like 10 pounds a year I know that sounds like an exaggeration but uh, by the time I got to 16 years old that was my highest weight now is about 220 I take that back, that's when I stop looking at the scale. So that's, I, I think that's about my highest. And um, I, I knew I was overweight. I knew clothes didn't fit me. I was really uncomfortable. That was probably the main reason of why I got bullied at school. And um, all kinds of names. It's what really scares me about um, Riley going to school and not for weight issues, but just knowing there's bullies out there and hoping that she's not a bully. You know, it goes both ways. And um, by the time I was 16, uh, my dad had his first heart attack. And if you didn't know my dad or you've never seen a picture of him, he, people would say he's larger than life and so is his heart. And he was just a really, he, he, was, he was a large man. Um, he loved, loved to eat. He did not want to deprive himself of anything, nor anyone else. He always wanted you to have the best. He wanted you to have everything that he could possibly share with you. And food was the number one thing. If you ever went out to eat with us, he loved food. You know, the joke is not just the left side of the menu, but three or four of everything on the left side of the menu. Uh, that's, that's the way he was. And we just... I just loved food. So when he had his first heart attack, I decided that I was going to go with him past his cardiac rehab and really start working out. And that really jump-started me to see the math equation and that how I took care of my body, the exercise that I did, the physical exercise and what I put in my body, there's a mathematical equation. And if you start to balance it, you're going to start to lose weight. You're going to start, if you've got weight to lose, and you're going to start to feel better. And in my mind, because I had not taken care of or understood why I had put on weight, I took it the opposite direction. And it was like a light bulb in my mind. Oh, this is math? Okay. I'm really bad at math, but I can do this kind of math. And I had this control sense over it where... I could work out for an hour or two, but I would also deplete my body and I would not nourish it. 
and I lost a lot of weight pretty, pretty quickly. Um, you know, a lot of people started to question me, you know, if I was eating and what was going on. And to me, it felt more of I was in control of what I was doing to my body. Still never tackled why I was overweight in the first place. Um, and I remember seeing a picture of myself and I believe it was my senior year of high school. And there's a picture of mom captured the moment when I opened a car keys for graduation of getting a car. And I remember seeing myself and I just thought, wow, I didn't realize I had done that to myself. Um, I didn't realize you could see my bones on my back. And here I, in my mind, I still see pictures of myself in my mind of what I looked like at 220. I didn't see what I saw. Um, and that's ingrained in my brain of what I looked like that day. And it really scared me. I don't think it scared me enough to do something about it. I still didn't catch on to the food part of why I was using food against me and abusing myself with it. But it caught my eye. And I thought to myself, I, I'm not really sure if I'm doing what I'm doing is right. So I started to eat a little bit more. And um, I put on some healthy weight and I felt comfortable. And I go off to college and um, there's only so much, so many miles you can run and how many pizzas you can eat in one day. And that's just what I did my freshman year. I ate a lot of pizza, ran four miles a day, but I ate a lot of pizza. So most of my weight came back on and um, went through a series of really, really rough relationships in all different kinds of ways, uh, just different kinds of abuse. And within that, I was just yo-yoing with my weight. And then I stumbled upon yoga. And the first yoga practice that I went to, I just viewed it as something that I could put in my exercise routine. Uh, didn't really realize that it could give me more strength from the inside until I kept going back to the practice whether it was by myself, whether it was at a class, something, uh, I, just, I just showed up and I went to the mat. And I started to tell myself, if I'm not taking care of myself while I'm on this mat, I'm sorry, if I'm not taking care of myself while I'm off the mat, then what am I doing? Because while I'm in my practice on the mat, I'm only doing what I can do at that moment. I'm not forcing myself into a pose or into a position that feels awful, which is what I do every day off the mat. I feel like shit off the mat. Why am I doing that? So I took that feeling and that philosophy off the mat. I started to eat in a way that felt good. Whatever was going in needed to feel good going out. I know that's TMI, but that's the way things work. We often tie our emotions to our heart because I think, I mean, it's, it's obvious why we do that. There's heart in everything. And we don't really tie our emotions into our gut, which is how a lot of it is processed. And think about it. When you have some type of 
an event that happens, it gives you butterflies. Where are those butterflies you're feeling? They're in your tummy. And something is happening in there. And if we're not feeding it and fueling it the way that it needs to take care of our body when these emotions happen, then we're just kind of shitting on ourselves, for lack of better words. And um, probably in the past 10 years, maybe less than that, that's really when I've started to come to terms with my body. And I've shared this before, but you know, I, one of the acceptance moments was when I was in getting into a shoulder stand. And when you're in shoulder stand, it's your head, shoulders that are on the ground, and a lot of your back, your hips, your legs, your feet are in a line up above yourself, and your hands are on your back to help support. So you're looking at yourself. I'm looking at my front body. And remember my shirt fell down, and I could see all the skin, the elasticity, the what I call my winter tree scene, which is all of my stretch marks all over my body, and it just hung there. And I thought to myself, this is me. And this, this is not ugly. This is not shameful. This is nothing to be embarrassed about because I've worked my ass off to be able to be where I am today. And I don't mean the physical pose that I was in. That's hard too, but that's not what I meant. At that very moment, I've worked really hard on myself to get to that point. And from that point on, I felt okay being in a bathing suit showing my scars, showing my winter tree scenes, because they're everywhere. They're in my elbows, my armpit, my knee, not just my legs and stomach and breast. I mean, they are everywhere. Um, that's another thing I got made fun of in high school for, is that people would point out the, the scars on my arms. Am I gonna do something about that? Well, I'm not. <laughs> Well, are you? I mean, I can't, I'm not going to do anything about this. Uh, you know, a lot of times when we, we have such low self-worth ourselves, it's projected on someone else. I mean, we do it. That's pretty human, right? We, we hate to say this, but we people watch. And sometimes people point at things and poke fun of, and it's usually something that we are insecure about about ourselves, or we would never said it in the first place. And what I have really found to be helpful in my practice, and when I say, I don't just mean yoga practice, I mean like living, basically breathing, is in my meditation practice, my prayer practice, I talk in my mind, self-care, self-love, self-worth. And every day I have a seat or I lay down on the mat, whatever is most comfortable. And you're welcome to do this with me. But I take my hands and I place them on my low belly. I just cut my hands and I literally, I am holding myself. I am touching myself. And it doesn't matter what you are wearing as long as you are in a comfortable seat. Because that in itself is huge. What kind of self-talk do we usually give ourselves, whether we're looking in a mirror or not? The fact that we just touched ourselves in a very vulnerable place is the first thing we think about is how do our clothes fit and what hangs over? Because that was my initial reaction the first time I started this meditation, is I did not even want to hold and touch myself because I was ashamed. 
And I'm not looking at you to look at me and think, well, if you just started this practice, you have nothing hanging over, you shouldn't be ashamed of anything. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't, that's not the kind of pull that I'm trying to introduce you to. I want you to feel this for yourself because I'm not going to come to someone and say, you shouldn't be feeling that. Because if you are, should I have been there? I understand that it is hard to touch and to love yourself. I get that, I totally get it. So instead of questioning, if you're watching this, maybe try it. Because it doesn't matter what kind of pants you are wearing, your body is supposed to be in the position it's supposed to be in, you know? It's not supposed to be in this perfect, what we think is perfect and what society has imprinted on us of what we see is perfect. What you are holding is a gift. Not everyone has this availability to do that. And we have the availability to hold and love and touch ourselves. So whether your eyes are opened or closed, you have found that center. For me, I like to close my eyes. Imagine what I'm gazing the backs of my eyelids. I don't think about it too much. But if I need something to focus on visually, I think about the backs of the eyelids. And as you are lovingly touching yourself, you're holding that space of your belly, your low belly, anywhere the abdominal area. This place is an amazing place that you are holding. Think about all that takes place here. Not just digestion, but that in itself is so huge. Being able to internalize, to eliminate, to take in all the vital things that the body needs to take in. This is the same space that can house a baby. This is around the same space that male or female, it's a part of what makes a baby. This is the center of it all. It's a space of beauty. If it does not feel like a space of comfort and compassion to you right now, that is a big indication that this is something that might be needed for you every day, even if it's for one minute, say 30 seconds. Be kind to yourself today when you speak to yourself. You can hear yourself. You were created a certain way. And just like I tell our daughter every day, you are unique. There is no one else on earth like you. That 
is incredible. It's amazing. Think about that. Not one other person is like you. Yet, we are all human and we all feel some type of discomfort and pain and destructiveness at some time in our life. It might not be food or body image issues that you've experienced, but maybe something that I've chatted about today has resonated with you and given you that spark that you are not alone and that there's a way that you can get out what you need to get out. For me, I journal a lot. I talk a lot, especially to people. And lately I have been wanting to be even more vocal, which is why that I've opted to start this video blog. It took me decades to accept and love my body for the strength that it has and to be more curious about my capabilities and instead not abuse myself, whether it be talk, food, anything external, putting myself in a position that I know I should keep myself out of. I, it, it's, it's very hard because every day I have to make a choice to do that. I have to make a choice when I walk by food or the kitchen for no reason. I just walk in there and eat. I know my family sees me do it, um, but it's a choice I make. Do I step away or do I not? And just coming to the mat or in a chair, anything that makes you comfortable, and as hard as it is to take that, those seconds, those couple of minutes, and do that simple meditation that we just did, and maybe you're thinking, what did we do? <laughs> Rewind, go back. Because often it's not processed the first time, the, ten, the first 10 times you do it, but go back. And I plan to do a little bit more of these meditations because I feel that I'm evolving every day and I have bad days, I call them bad days. They're not as awful as they used to be, but I still have bad days. And I feel like a pile of shit, but I have to watch my language. Not just shit, but I have to watch my language. What do I say around my daughter? In our house, we do not use words like pudgy, fat, heavy. I don't use any of those words because if I'm saying them out loud and I'm saying them to myself saying, Oh, I feel fat today. Oh, my clothes just don't fit. If I do that in front of her, that's a connection she has made immediately. And I know eventually she's going to hear it somewhere. But if I can start at home and help not to say it at home, it's helping me. She has helped me heal so much and come to this space that I'm in because she has really made me say, Oh, I know I feel bloated today, but I don't have to say it out loud. And if I do catch myself saying it out loud, I'll change the subject and I'll say, mommy's tummy hurts today. She equates pain. She understands the pain. But I don't want her to get into the habit of feeling, well, my, you know, I'm growing. My pants are too tight. 
Right now she could care less at her pants that are 2T and she's a size 6T that she, her pants are high watering. She could care less because we're trying to get as much room as we can out of, out of it. She doesn't equate it to the fact that it doesn't fit anymore that she's growing, okay? But we see it differently. If that happened to us, we would just shame ourselves. Why can't I fit into that size anymore? Stop looking at sizes. Just see what happens. Just see what happens. And I promise that I want to bring to you a little bit more because this is a journey for me. And again, rewind, go back to the meditation. Even if it only lasts 30 seconds, try and just see what happens. I wish you all the most beautiful day. It's gorgeous outside. This is my favorite time of year, transition period. But we can transition together, right? We can do this together. Have a wonderful day. Namaste.